the third, the fourth agreement. Don't make assumptions. No speakable content could be found on the screen. The third agreement is don't make assumptions. We have the tendency to make assumptions about everything. The problem with making assumptions is that we believe they're the truth. We could swear they're real. We make assumptions about what others are doing or thinking. We take it personally. Then we blame them and react by sending emotional poison with our word. That is why whenever we make assumptions, we're asking for problems. We make an assumption. We misunderstand. We take it personally. And we end up creating a whole big drama for nothing. All the sadness and drama you have lived in your life was rooted in making assumptions and taking things personally. Take a moment to consider the truth of this statement. The whole war of control between humans is about making assumptions and taking things personally. Our whole dream of hell is based on that. We create a lot of emotional poison just by making assumptions and taking it personally, because usually we start gossiping about our assumptions. Remember, gossiping is the way we communicate to each other in the dream of hell and transfer poison to one another. Because we are afraid to ask for clarification, we make assumptions, and believe we are right about the assumptions, then we defend our assumptions and try to make someone else wrong. It is always better to ask questions than to make an assumption, because assumptions set us up for suffering. The big mitote in the human mind creates a lot of chaos which causes us to misinterpret everything and misunderstand everything. We only see what we want to see, and hear what we want to hear. We don't perceive things the way they are. We have the habit of dreaming with no basis in reality. We literally dream things up in our imaginations. Because we don't understand something, we make an assumption about the meaning, and when the truth comes out, the bubble of our dream pops and we find out it was not what we thought it was at all. An example, you are walking in the mall, and you see a person you like, that person turns to you and smiles, and then walks away. You can make a lot of assumptions just be cause of this one experience. With these assumptions you can create a whole fantasy, and you really want to believe this fantasy and make it real. A whole dream begins to form just from your assumptions, and you can believe, oh, this person really likes me, in your mind a whole relationship begins from that. Maybe you even get married in this fantasy land, but the fantasy is in your mind, in your personal dream. Making assumptions in our relationships is really asking for problems. Often we make the assumption that our partners know what we think and that we don't have to say what we want. We assume they are going to do what we want, because they know us so well. If they don't do what we assume they should do. We feel so hurt and say, you should have known. Another example, you decide to get married, and you make the assumption that your partner sees marriage the same way that you do. Then you live together and you find out this is not true. This creates a lot of conflict, but you still don't try to clarify your feelings about marriage. The husband comes home from work and the wife is mad, and the husband doesn't know why. Maybe it's because the wife made an assumption. Without telling him what she wants, she makes an assumption that he knows her so well, that he knows what she wants, as if he can read her mind. She gets so upset because he fails to meet her expectations. Making assumptions in relationships leads to a lot of fights, a lot of difficulties, a lot of misunderstandings with people we supposedly love. In any kind of relationship we can make the assumption that others know what we think, and we don't have to say what we want. They are going to do what we want because they know us so well. If they don't do what we want, what we assume they should do, we feel hurt and think, how could you do that? You should know. Again, we make the assumption that the other person knows what we want. A whole drama is created because we make this assumption and then put more assumptions on top of it. It is very interesting how the human mind works. We have the need to justify everything, to explain and understand everything, in order to feel safe. We have millions of questions that need answers because there are so many things that the reasoning mind cannot explain. It is not important if the answer is correct, just the answer itself makes us feel safe. This is why we make assumptions. If others tell us something, we make assumptions, and if they don't tell us something we make assumptions to fulfill our need to know and to replace the need to communicate. Even if we hear something and we don't understand, we make assumptions about what it means and then believe the assumptions. We make all sorts of assumptions because we don't have the courage to ask questions. These assumptions are made so fast and unconsciously most of the time because we have agreements to communicate this way. We have agreed that it is not safe to ask questions. We have agreed that if people love us, they should know what we want or how we feel. When we believe something, we assume we are right about it to the 
point that we will destroy relationships in order to defend our position, we make the assumption that everyone sees life the way we do, we assume that others think the way we think, feel the way we feel, judge the way we judge, and abuse the way we abuse, this is the biggest assumption that humans make, and this is why we have a fear of being ourselves around others, because we think everyone else will judge us, victimize us, abuse us, and blame us as we do ourselves, so even before others have a chance to reject us, we have already rejected ourselves, that is the way the human mind works, we also make assumptions about ourselves, and this creates a lot of inner conflict. I think I'm able to do this, you make this assumption, for instance, then you discover you aren't able to do it, you overestimate or underestimate yourself because you haven't taken the time to ask yourself questions and to answer them, perhaps you need to gather more facts about a particular situation, or maybe you need to stop lying to yourself about what you truly want, often when you go into a relationship with someone you like, you have to justify why you like that person, you only see what you want to see and you deny there are things you don't like about that person, you lie to yourself just to make yourself right, then you make assumptions, and one of the assumptions is my love will not change this person, but this is not true, your love will not change anybody, if others change, it's because they want to change, not because you can change them, then something happens between the two of you, and you get hurt, suddenly you see what you didn't want to see before, only now it is amplified by your emotional poison, now you have to justify your emotional pain and blame them for your choices, we don't need to justify love, it is there and not there, real love is accepting other people the way they are without trying to change them, if we try to change them, this means we don't really like them, of course, if you decide to live with someone, if you make that agreement, it is always better to make that agreement with someone who is exactly the way you want him or her to be, find someone whom you don't have to change at all, it is much easier to find someone who is already the way you want him or her to be, instead of trying to change that person. Also, that person must love you just the way you are, so he or she doesn't have to change you at all, if others feel they have to change you. That means they really don't love you just the way you are, so why be with someone if you're not the way he or she wants you to be? We have to be what we are, so we don't have to present a false image. If you love me the way I am, okay, take me. If you don't love me the way I am, okay, bye-bye find someone else, it may sound harsh, but this kind of communication means the personal agreements we make with others are clear and impeccable, just imagine the day that you stop making assumptions with your partner and eventually with everyone else in your life, your way of communicating will change completely, and your relationships will no longer suffer from conflicts created by mistaken assumptions, the way to keep yourself from making assumptions is to ask questions, make sure the communication is clear, if you don't understand, ask, have the courage to ask questions until you are clear as you can be, and even then do not assume you know all there is to know about a given situation, once you hear the answer, you will not have to make assumptions because you will know the truth, also, find your voice to ask for what you want, everybody has the right to tell you no or yes, but you always have the right to ask, likewise, everybody has the right to ask you, and you have the right to say yes or no, if you don't understand something, it is better for you to ask and be clear, instead of making an assumption, the day you stop making assumptions you will communicate cleanly and clearly, free of emotional poison, without making assumptions your word becomes impeccable, with clear communication, all of your relationships will change, not only with your partner, but with everyone else, you won't need to make assumptions because everything becomes so clear, this is what I want, this is what you want, if we communicate in this way, our word becomes impeccable, if all humans could communicate in this way, with impeccability of the word, there would be no wars, no violence, no misunderstandings. All human problems would be resolved if we could just have good, clear communication. This, then, is the third agreement. Don't make assumptions. Just saying this sounds easy, but I understand that it is difficult to do. It is difficult because we so often do exactly the opposite. We have all these habits and routines that we are not even aware of. Becoming aware of these habits and understanding the importance of this agreement is the first step. But understanding its importance is not enough. Information or an idea is merely the seed in your mind. What will really make the difference is action. Taking the action over and over again strengthens your will, nurtures the seed, and establishes a solid foundation for the new habit to grow. After many repetitions these new agreements will become second nature, and you will see how the magic of your word transforms you from a black magician into a white 
white magician. A white magician uses the word for creation, giving, sharing, and loving. By making this one agreement a habit, your whole life will be completely transformed. When you transform your whole dream, magic just happens in your life. What you need comes to you easily because spirit moves freely through you. This is the mastery of intent, the mastery of the spirit, the mastery of love, the mastery of gratitude, and the mastery of life. This is the goal of the Toltec. This is the path to personal freedom. There is just one more agreement, but it's the one that allows the other three to become deeply ingrained habits. The fourth agreement is about the action of the first three. Always do your best. Under any circumstance, always do your best. No more and no less. But keep in mind that your best is never going to be the same from one moment to the next. Everything is alive and changing all the time. So your best will sometimes be high quality, and other times it will not be as good. When you wake up refreshed and energized in the morning, your best will be better than when you are tired at night. Your best will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick, or sober as opposed to drunk. Your best will depend on whether you are feeling wonderful and happy, or upset, angry, or jealous. And your everyday moods your best can change from one moment to another, from one hour to the next, from one day to another. Your best will also change over time. As you build the habit of the four new agreements, your best will become better than it used to be. Regardless of the quality, keep doing your best. No more and no less than your best. If you try too hard to do more than your best, you will spend more energy than is needed and in the end your best will not be enough. When you overdo, you deplete your body and go against yourself, and it will take you longer to accomplish your goal. But if you do less than your best, you subject yourself to frustrations, self-judgment, guilt, and regrets. Just do your best, in any circumstance in your life. It doesn't matter if you are sick or tired, if you always do your best there is no way you can judge yourself. And if you don't judge yourself there is no way you are going to suffer from guilt, blame, and self-punishment. By always doing your best, you will break a big spell that you have been under. There was a man who wanted to transcend his suffering so he went to a Buddhist temple to find a master to help him. He went to the master and asked, Master, if I meditate four hours a day, how long will it take me to transcend? The master looked at him and said, If you meditate four hours a day, perhaps you will transcend in ten years. Thinking he could do better, the man then said, Oh, Master, what if I meditated eight hours a day? How long will it take me to transcend? The Master looked at him and said, If you meditate eight hours a day, perhaps you will transcend in twenty years. But why will it take me longer if I meditate more? The man asked. The Master replied, You are not here to sacrifice your joy or your life. You are here to live, to be happy, and to love. If you can do your best in two hours of meditation, but you spend eight hours instead, you will only grow tired, miss the point, and you won't enjoy your life. Do your best, and perhaps you will learn that no matter how long you meditate, you can live, love, and be happy, doing your best, you are going to live your life intensely, you are going to be productive, you are going to be good to yourself, because you will be giving yourself to your family, to your community, to everything, but it is the action that is going to make you feel intensely happy, when you always do your best, you take action, doing your best is taking the action because you love it, not because you're expecting a reward, most people do exactly the opposite, they only take action when they expect a reward, and they don't enjoy the action, and that's a reason and why they don't do their best. For example, most people go to work every day just thinking of payday and the money they will get from the work they are doing. They can hardly wait for Friday or Saturday, whatever day they receive their money and can take time off. They are working for the reward, and as a result they resist work. They try to avoid the action and it becomes more difficult, and they don't do their best. They work so hard all week long, suffering the work, suffering the action, not because they like to, but because they feel they have to. They have to work because they have to pay the rent, because they have to support their family. They have all that frustration, and when they do receive their money they are unhappy. They have two days to rest, to do what they want to do, and 
Then what do they do? They try to escape. They get drunk because they don't like themselves. They don't like their life. There are many ways that we hurt ourselves when we don't like who we are. On the other hand, if you take action just for the sake of doing it, without expecting a reward, you will find that you enjoy every action you do. Rewards will come, but you are not attached to the reward. You can even get more than you would have imagined for yourself without expecting a reward. If we like what we do, if we always do our best, then we are really enjoying life. We are having fun. We don't get bored. We don't have frustrations. When you do your best, you don't give the judge the opportunity to find you guilty or to blame you. If you have done your best and the judge tries to judge you according to your book of law, you've got the answer. I did my best. There are no regrets. That is why we always do our best. It is not an easy agreement to keep, but this agreement is really going to set you free. When you do your best you learn to accept yourself. But you have to be aware and learn from your mistakes. Learning from your mistakes means you practice, look honestly at the results, and keep practicing. This increases your awareness. Doing your best really doesn't feel like work because you enjoy whatever you are doing. You know you're doing your best when you are enjoying the action or doing it in a way that will not have negative repercussions for you. You do your best because you want to do it, not because you have to do it, not because you are trying to please the judge, and not because you are trying to please other people. If you take action because you have to, then there is no way you are going to do your best. Then it is better not to do it. No, you do your best because doing your best all the time makes you so happy. When you are doing your best just for the pleasure of doing it, you are taking action because you enjoy the action. Action is about living fully. Inaction is the way that we deny life. Inaction is sitting in front of the television every day for years because you are afraid to be alive and to take the risk of expressing what you are. Expressing what you are is taking action. You can have many great ideas in your head, but what makes the difference is the action. Without action upon an idea, there will be no manifestation, no results, and no reward. A good example of this comes from the story about Forrest Gump. He didn't have great ideas, but he took action. He was happy because he always did his best at whatever he did. He was richly rewarded without expecting any reward at all. Taking action is being alive. It's taking the risk to go out and express your dream. This is different than imposing your dream on someone else, because everyone has the right to express his or her dream. Doing your best is a great habit to have. I do my best in everything I do and feel. Doing my best has become a ritual in my life because I made the choice to make it a ritual. It's a belief like any other belief that I choose. I make everything a ritual, and I always do my best. Taking a shower is a ritual for me, and with that action I tell my body how much I love it. I feel and enjoy the water on my body. I do my best to fulfill the needs of my body. I do my best to give to my body and to receive what my body gives to me. In India they perform a ritual called puja. In this ritual, they take idols that represent God in many different forms and bathe them, feed them, and give their love to them. They even chant mantras to these idols. The idol itself is not important. What is important is the way they perform the ritual, the way they say, I love you, God, God is life. God is life in action. The best way to say, I love you, God, is to live your life doing your best. The best way to say, thank you, God, is by letting go of the past and living in the present moment, right here and now. Whatever life takes away from you, let it go. When you surrender and let go of the past, you allow yourself to be fully alive in the moment. Letting go of the past means you can enjoy the dream that is happening right now. If you live in a past dream, you don't enjoy what is happening right now because you will always wish it to be different than it is. There is no time to miss anyone or anything because you are alive. Not enjoying what is happening right now is living in the past and being only half alive. This leads to self-pity, suffering, and tears. You are born with the right to be happy. You are born with the right to love, to enjoy and to share your love. You are alive, so take your life and enjoy it. Don't resist life passing through you, because that is God passing through you. Just your existence proves the existence of God. Your existence proves the existence of life and energy. We don't need to know or prove anything. Just to be, to take a risk and enjoy your life, is all that matters. Say no when you want to say no, and yes when you want to say yes. You have the right to be you. You can only be you when you do your best. When you don't do your best you are denying yourself the right to be you. That's a seed that you should really nurture in your mind. You don't need knowledge or great philosophical concepts. You don't need the acceptance of others. You express your own division. 
divinity by being alive and by loving yourself and others. It is an expression of God to say, hey, I love you. The first three agreements will only work if you do your best. Don't expect that you will always be able to be impeccable with your word. Your routine habits are too strong and firmly rooted in your mind, but you can do your best. Don't expect that you will never take anything far. Suddenly, just do your best. Don't expect that you will never make another assumption, but you can certainly do your best. By doing your best, the habits of misusing your word, taking things personally, and making assumptions will become weaker and less frequent with time. You don't need to judge yourself, feel guilty, or punish yourself if you cannot keep these agreements. If you are doing your best, you will feel good about yourself even if you still make assumptions, still take things personally, and still are not impeccable with your word. If you do your best always, over and over again, you will become a master of transformation. Practice makes the master. By doing your best you become a master. Everything you have ever learned, you learn through repetition. You learn to write, to drive, and even to walk by repetition. You are a master of speaking your language because you practiced. Action is what makes the difference. If you do your best in the search for personal freedom, in the search for self-love, you will discover that it's just a matter of time before you find what you are looking for. It's not about daydreaming or sitting for hours dreaming and meditation. You have to stand up and be a human. You have to honor the man or woman that you are. Respect your body, enjoy your body, love your body, feed, clean, and heal your body. Exercise and do what makes your body feel good. This is a puja to your body, and that is a communion between you and God. You don't need to worship idols of the Virgin Mary, the Christ, or the Buddha. You can if you want to. If it feels good, do it. Your own body is a manifestation of God, and if you honor your body everything will change for you. When you practice giving love to every part of your body, you plant seeds of love in your mind, and when they grow, you will love, honor, and respect your body immensely. Every action then becomes a ritual in which you are honoring God. After that, the next step is honoring God with every thought, every emotion, every belief, even what is right or wrong. Every thought becomes a communion with God, and you will live a dream without judgments, victimization, and free of the need to gossip and abuse yourself. When you honor these four agreements together, there is no way that you will live in hell. There is no way, if you are impeccable with your word, if you don't take anything personally, if you don't make assumptions, if you always do your best, then you are going to have a beautiful life. You are going to control your life 100%. The four agreements are a summary of the mastery of transformation, one of the masteries of the Toltec. You transform hell into heaven. The dream of the planet is transformed into your personal dream of heaven. The knowledge is there, it's just waiting for you to use it. The four agreements are there, you just need to adopt these agreements and respect their meaning and power. Just do your best to honor these agreements. You can make this agreement today. I choose to honor the four agreements. It's so simple and logical that even a child can understand them. But, you must have a very strong will, a very strong will to keep these agreements. Why? Because wherever we go we find that our path is full of obstacles. Everyone tries to sabotage our commitment to these new agreements, and everything around us is a setup for us to break them. The problem is all the other agreements that are a part of the dream of the planet. They are alive, and they are very strong. That's why you need to be a great hunter, a great warrior, who can defend these four agreements with your life, your happiness, your freedom, your entire way of living depends on it. The warrior's goal is to transcend this world, to escape from this hell, and never come back. As the Toltecs teach us, the reward is to transcend the human experience of suffering, to become the embodiment of God. That is the reward. We really need to use every bit of power we have to succeed in keeping these agreements. I didn't expect that I could do it at first. I have fallen many times, but I stood up and kept going. And I fell again, and I kept going. I didn't feel sorry for myself. There was no way that I felt sorry for myself. I said, if I fall, I am strong enough, I'm intelligent enough, I can do it. I stood up and kept going. I fell and I kept going and going, and each time it became easier and easier. Yet, in the beginning it was so hard, so difficult. So if you fall, do not judge. Do not give your judge the satisfaction of turning you into a victim. No, be tough with yourself. 
Stand up and make the agreement again. Okay, I broke my agreement to be impeccable with my word. I will start all over again. I am going to keep the four agreements just for today. Today I will be impeccable with my word. I will not take anything personally. I will not make any assumptions. And I am going to do my best. If you break an agreement, begin again tomorrow, and again the next day. It will be difficult at first, but each day will become easier and easier, until someday you will discover that you are ruling your life with these four agreements. And, you will be surprised at the way your life has been transformed. You don't need to be religious or go to church every day. Your love and self-respect are growing and growing. You can do it. If I did it, you can do it also. Do not be concerned about the future. Keep your attention on today, and stay in the present moment. Just live one day at a time. Always do your best to keep these agreements, and soon it will be easy for you. Today is the beginning of a new dream. Everyone talks about freedom. All around the world different people, different races, different countries are fighting for freedom. But what is freedom? In America we speak of living in a free country. But are we really free? Are we free to be who we really are? The answer is no. We are not free. True freedom has to do with the human spirit. It is the freedom to be who we really are. Who stops us from being free? We blame the government. We blame the weather. We blame our parents. We blame religion. We blame God. Who really stops us from being free? We stop ourselves. What does it really mean to? be free. Sometimes we get married and we say that we lose our freedom. Then we get divorced and we are still not free. What stops us? Why can't we be ourselves? We have memories of long ago, when we used to be free and we loved being free, but we have forgotten what freedom really means. If we see a child who is two or three, perhaps four years old, we find a free human. Why is this human free? Because this human does whatever he or she wants to do. The human is completely wild, just like a flower, a tree, or an animal that has not been domesticated. Wild. And if we observe humans who are two years old, we find that most of the time these humans have a big smile on their face and they are having fun. They are exploring the world. They are not afraid to play. They are afraid when they are hurt, when they are hungry, when some of their needs are not met, but they don't worry about the past, don't care about the future, and only live in the present moment. Very young children are not afraid to express what they feel. They are so loving that if they perceive love, they melt into love. They are not afraid to love at all. That is a description of a normal human being. As children we are not afraid of the future or ashamed of the past. Our normal human tendency is to enjoy life, to play, to explore, to be happy, and to love. But, what has happened with the adult human? Why are we so different? Why are we not wild? From the point of view of the victim we can say that something sad happened to us, and from the point of view of the warrior we can say, that what happened to us is normal. What has happened is that we have the book of law, the big judge and the victim who rule our lives. We are no longer free because the judge, the victim, and the belief system don't allow us to be who we really are. Once our minds have been programmed with all that garbage, we are no longer happy. This chain of training from human to human, from generation to generation, is perfectly normal in human society. You don't need to blame your parents for teaching you to be like them. What else could they teach you but what they know? They did the best they could, and if they abused you, it was due to their own domestication, their own fears, their own beliefs. They had no control over the programming they received, so they couldn't have behaved any differently. There is no need to blame your parents or anyone who abused you in your life, including yourself. But it is time to stop the abuse. It is time to free yourself of the tyranny of the judge by changing the foundation of your own agreements. It is time to be free from the role of the victim. The real you is still a little child who never grew up. Sometimes that little child comes out when you're having fun or playing, when you feel happy, when you are painting, or writing poetry, or playing the piano, or expressing yourself in some way. These are the happiest moments of your life, when the real you comes out, when when you don't care about the past and you don't worry about the future, you are childlike. But there is something that changes all that, we call them responsibilities. The judge says, wait a second, you are responsible, you have things to do, you have to work, you have to go to school, you have to earn a living. All these responsibilities come to mind. Our face changes and becomes serious again. If you watch children when they are playing adults, you will see their little faces change. Let's pretend I'm a lawyer, and right away their faces change. The adult face takes over. We go to court and that is the face we see, and that is what we are. We are still children, but we have lost our freedom. The freedom we are looking for is the freedom to be ourselves, to express ourselves. 
But if we look at our lives we will see that most of the time we do things just to please others, just to be accepted by others, rather than living our lives to please ourselves. That is what has happened to our freedom, and we see in our society and all the societies around the world, that for every thousand people, 999 are completely domesticated. The worst part is that most of us are not even aware that we are not free. There is something inside that whispers to us that we are not free, but we do not understand what it is, and why we are not free. The problem with most people is that they live their lives and never discover that the judge and the victim rule their mind, and therefore they don't have a chance to be free. The first step toward personal freedom is awareness. We need to be aware that we are not free in order to be free. We need to be aware of what the problem is in order to solve the problem. Awareness is always the first step because if you are not aware, there is nothing you can change. If you are not aware that your mind is full of wounds and emotional poison, you cannot begin to clean and heal the wounds and you will continue to suffer. There is no reason to suffer. With awareness you can rebel and say, this is enough you can look for a way to heal and transform your personal dream. The dream of the planet is just a dream, it is not even real. If you go into the dream and start challenging your beliefs, you will find that most of the beliefs that guided you into the wounded mind are not even true. You will find that you suffered all those years of drama for nothing. Why? Because the belief system that was put inside your mind is based on lies. That is why it is important for you to master your own dream. That is why the Toltecs became dream masters. Your life is the manifestation of your dream. It is an art. And you can change your life anytime if you aren't enjoying the dream. Dream masters create a masterpiece of life. They control the dream by making choices. Everything has consequences and a dream master is aware of the consequences. To be Toltec is a way of life. It is a way of life where there are no leaders and no followers. Where you have your own truth and live your own truth. A Toltec becomes wise, becomes wild, and becomes free again. There are three masters that lead people to become Toltecs. First is the mastery of awareness. This is to be aware of who we really are, with all the possibilities, the Second is the mastery of transformation, how to change, how to be free of domestication. The third is the mastery of intent. Intent from the Toltec point of view is that part of life that makes transformation of energy possible. It is the one living being that seamlessly encompasses all energy, or what we call God. Intent is life itself, it is unconditional love. The mastery of intent is therefore the mastery of love. When we talk about the Toltec path to freedom, we find that they have an entire map for breaking free of domestication. They compare the judge, the victim, and the belief system to a parasite that invades the human mind. From the Toltec point of view, all humans who are domesticated are sick. They are sick because there is a parasite that controls the mind and controls the brain. The food for the parasite is the negative emotions that come from fear. If we look at the description of a parasite, we find that a parasite is a living being who lives off of other living beings, sucking their energy without any useful contribution in return, and hurting their host little by little. The judge, the victim, and the belief system fit this description very well. Together they comprise a living being made of psychic or emotional energy, and that energy is alive. Of course it is not material energy, but neither are emotions material energy. Our dreams are not material energy either, but we know they exist. One function of the brain is to transform material energy into emotional energy. Our brain is the factory of the emotions, and we have said that the main function of the mind is to dream. The Toltecs believe that the parasite the judge, the victim, and the belief system, has control of your mind, it controls your personal dream. The parasite dreams through your mind and lives its life through your body. It survives on the emotions that come from fear, and thrives on drama and suffering. The freedom we seek is to use our own mind and body, to live our own life, instead of the life of the belief system. When we discover that the mind is controlled by the judge and the victim and the realist is in the corner, we have just two choices. One choice is to keep living the way we are, to surrender to the judge and the victim, to keep living in the dream of the planet. The second choice is to do what we do as children when parents try to domesticate us. We can rebel and say no we can declare a war against the parasite, a war against the judge and the victim, a war for our independence, a war for the right to use our own minds and our own brain. That is why in all the shamanic traditions in America, from Canada to Argentina, people call themselves warriors, because they are in a war against the parasite in the mind. That is the real meaning of a warrior. The warrior is one who rebels against the invasion of the parasite. The warrior rebels and declares a war. But to be a warrior doesn't mean we always win the war. We may win or we may lose, but we always do our best and at least we have a chance to be free again. Choosing this path 
Aircraft gives us, at the very least, the dignity of rebellion, and ensures that we will not be the helpless victim of our own whimsical emotions or the poisonous emotions of others, even if we succumb to the enemy, the parasite, we will not be among those victims who would not fight back. At best, being a warrior gives us an opportunity to transcend the dream of the planet, and to change our personal dream to a dream that we call heaven. Just like hell, heaven is a place that exists within our mind. It is a place of joy, a place where we are happy, where we are free to love and to be who we really are. We can reach heaven while we are alive. We don't have to wait until we die. God is always present and the kingdom of heaven is everywhere, but first we need to have the eyes and ears to see and hear the truth. We need to be free of the parasite. The parasite can be compared to a monster with a thousand heads. Every head of the parasite is one of the fears that we have. If we want to be free, we have to destroy the parasite. One solution is to attack the parasite head by head, which means we face each of our fears, one by one. This is a slow process, but it works. Every time we face one of the fears we are a little more free. A second approach is to stop feeding the parasite. If we don't give the parasite any food, we kill the parasite by starvation. To do this we have to gain control of our emotions. We have to refrain from feeling the emotions that come from fear. This is easy to say, but it is very difficult to do. It is difficult because the judge and the victim control our mind. A third solution is called the initiation of the dead. The initiation of the dead is found in many traditions and esoteric schools around the world. We find it in Egypt, India, Greece, and America. This is a symbolic death which kills the parasite without harming our physical body. When we die symbolically the parasite has to die. This is faster than the first two solutions, but it is even more difficult to do. We need a great deal of courage to face the angel of death. We need to be very strong. Let's take a closer look at each of these solutions. The art of transformation, the dream of the second attention. We have learned that the dream you are living now is the result of the outside dream hooking your attention and feeding you all of your beliefs. The process of domestication can be called the dream of the first attention because it was how your attention was used for the first time to create the first dream of your life. One way to change your beliefs is to focus your attention on all those agreements and beliefs, and change the agreements with yourself. In doing this you are using your attention for the second time, thus creating the dream of the second attention or the new dream. The difference is that you are no longer innocent. When you were a child this was not true, you didn't have a choice. But you are no longer a child, now it's up to you to choose what to believe and what not to believe. You can choose to believe in anything, and that includes believing in yourself. The first step is to become aware of the fog that is in your mind. You must become aware that you are dreaming all the time. Only with awareness do you have the possible of transforming your dream. If you have the awareness that the whole drama of your life is the result of what you believe, and what you believe is not real, then you can begin to change it. However, to really change your beliefs you need to focus your attention on what it is that you want to change. You have to know which agreements you want to change before you can change them. So the next step is to develop awareness of all the self-limiting, fear-based beliefs that make you unhappy. You take an inventory of all that you believe, all your agreements, and through this process you begin the transformation. The Toltecs called this the art of transformation, and it's a whole mastery. You achieve the mastery of transformation by changing the fear-based agreements that make you suffer, and reprogramming your own mind, in your own way. One of the ways to do this is to explore and adopt alternative beliefs such as the Four Agreements. The decision to adopt the Four Agreements is a declaration of water again your freedom from the parasite. The Four Agreements offer the possibility of ending the emotional pain, which can open the door for you to enjoy your life and begin a new dream. It's up to you to explore the possibilities of your dream, if you are interested. The Four Agreements were created to assist you in the art of transformation, to help you break the limiting agreements, gain more personal power, and become stronger. The stronger you get, the more agreements you can break until the moment comes when you make it to the core of all of those agreements. Going to the core of those agreements is what I call going into the desert. When you go into the desert you meet your demons face to face. After coming out of the desert, all those demons become angels. Practicing the four new agreements is a big act of power. Breaking the spell of black magic in your mind requires great personal power. Every time you break an agreement, you gain extra power. You start by breaking agreements that are very small and require less power. As those smaller agreements are broken, your personal power will increase until you reach a point when you can finally face the big demons in your mind. For example, the little girl who was told not to sing is now 20 years 
years old and she still does not sing. One way she can overcome the belief that her voice is ugly is to say, okay, I will try to sing. Even if I do sing badly, then she can pretend that someone is clapping and telling her, oh, that was beautiful. This may break the agreement a teeny, tiny bit, but it will still be there. However, now she has a little more power and courage to try again and again until finally she breaks the agreement. That's one way out of the dream of hell. But for every agreement you break that makes you suffer, you will need to replace it with a new agreement that makes you happy. This will keep the old agreement from coming back. If you occupy the same space with a new agreement, then the old agreement is gone forever and in its place is the new agreement. There are many strong beliefs in the mind that can. Finally she breaks the agreement. That's one way out of the dream of hell. But for every agreement you break that makes you suffer, you will need to replace it with a new agreement that makes you happy. This will keep the old agreement from coming back. If you occupy the same space with a new agreement, then the old agreement is gone forever and in its place is the new agreement. There are many strong beliefs in the mind that can make this process look hopeless. This is why you need to go step by step and be patient with yourself because this is a slow process. The way you are living now is the result of many years of domestication. You cannot expect to break the domestication in one day. Breaking agreements is very difficult because we put the power of the word, which is the power of our will, into every agreement we have made. We need the same amount of power to change an agreement. We cannot change an agreement with less power than we use to make the agreement, and almost all our personal power is invested in keeping the agreements we have with ourselves. That's because our agreements are actually like a strong addiction. We are addicted to being the way we are. We are addicted to anger, jealousy, and self-pity. We are addicted to the beliefs that tell us, I'm not good enough, I'm not intelligent enough, why even try? Other people will do it because they are better than me. All of these old agreements which rule our dream of life are the result of repeating them over and over again. Therefore, to adopt the four agreements, you need to put repetition in action. Practicing the new agreements in your life is how your best becomes better. Repetition makes the master, the discipline of the warrior. Controlling your own behavior imagine that you awake early one morning overflowing with enthusiasm for the day. You feel good, you're happy and have plenty of energy to face the day. Then at breakfast, you have a big fight with your spouse, and a flood of emotion comes out. You get mad, and in the emotion of anger you spend a lot of personal power. After the fight, you feel drained, and you just want to go and cry. In fact, you feel so tired that you go to your room, collapse, and try to recover. You spend the day wrapped up in your emotions. You have no energy to keep going, and you just want to walk away from everything. Every day we awake with a certain amount of mental, emotional, and physical energy that we spend throughout the day. If we allow our emotions to deplete our energy, we have no energy to change our lives or to give to others. The way you see the world will depend upon the emotions you are feeling. When you are angry, everything around you is wrong, nothing is right. You blame everything including the weather, whether it's raining or the sun is shining. Nothing pleases you. When you are sad, everything around you is sad and makes you cry. You see the trees and you feel sad. You see the rain and everything looks so sad. Perhaps you feel vulnerable and have a need to protect yourself because you don't know in what moment someone will attack you. You do not trust anything or anyone around you. This is because you see the world with the eyes of fear. Imagine that the human mind is the same as your skin. You can touch healthy skin and it feels wonderful. Your skin is made for perception and the sensation of touch is wonderful. Now imagine you have an injury and the skin gets cut and infected. If you touch the infected skin, it is going to hurt. So you try to cover and protect the skin. You will not enjoy being touched because it hurts. Now imagine that all humans have this skin disease. Nobody can touch each other because it is going to hurt. Everyone has wounds on their skin, so the infection is seen as normal. The pain is also considered normal. We believe we are supposed to be that way. Can you imagine how we would behave with each other if all the humans in the world had this skin disease? Of course we would hardly ever hug each other because it would be too painful. So we would need to create a lot of distance between us. The human mind is exactly like this description of infected skin. Every human has an emotional body completely covered with infected wounds. Each wound is infected with emotional poison. The poison of all the emotions that makes us suffer, such as hate, anger, envy, and sadness, an action of ingest.
Ice opens a wound in the mind and we react with emotional poison because of the concepts and beliefs we have about injustice and what is fair. The mind is so wounded and full of poison by the process of domestication, that everyone describes the wounded mind as normal. This is considered normal, but I can tell you it is not normal. We have a dysfunctional dream of the planet, and humans are mentally sick with a disease called fear. The symptoms of the disease are all the emotions that make humans suffer. Anger, hate, sadness, envy, and betrayal. When the fear is too great, the reasoning mind begins to fail, and we call this mental illness. Psychotic behavior occurs when the mind is so frightened and the wound so painful, that it seems better to break contact with the outside world. If we can see our state of mind as a disease, we find there is a cure. We don't have to suffer any longer. First we need the truth to open the emotional wounds, take the poison out, and heal the wounds completely. How do we do this? We must forgive those we feel have wronged us, not because they deserve to be forgiven, but because we love ourselves so much we don't want to keep paying for the injustice. Forgiveness is the only way to heal. We can choose to forgive because we feel compassion for ourselves. We can let go of the resentment and declare, that's enough. I will no longer be the big judge that goes against myself. I will no longer beat myself up and abuse myself. I will no longer be the victim. First, we need to forgive our parents, our brothers, our sisters, our friends, and God. Once you forgive God, you can finally forgive yourself. Once you forgive yourself, the self-rejection in your mind is over. Self-acceptance begins, and the self-love will grow so strong that you will finally accept yourself just the way you are. That's the beginning of the free human. Forgiveness is the key. You will know you have forgiven someone when you see them and you no longer have an emotional reaction. You will hear the name of the person and you will have no emotional reaction. When someone can touch what used to be a wound and it no longer hurts you, then you know you have truly forgiven. The truth is like a the truth is painful, because it opens all of the wounds which are covered by lies so that we can be healed. These lies are what we call the denial system. It's a good thing we have the denial system, because it allows us to cover our wounds and still function. But once we no longer have any wounds or any poison, we don't need to lie anymore. We don't need the denial system, because a healthy mind, like healthy skin, can be touched without hurting. It's pleasurable for the mind to be touched when it is clean. The problem with most people is that they lose control of their emotions. It is the emotions that control the behavior of the human, not a human who controls the emotions. When we we lose control we say things that we don't want to say and do things that we don't want to do. That is why it is so important to be impeccable with our word and to become a spiritual warrior. We must learn to control the emotions so we have enough personal power to change our fear-based agreements, escape from hell, and create our own personal heaven. How are we to become a warrior? There are certain characteristics of the warrior that are nearly the same around the world. The warrior has awareness. That's very important. We are aware that we are at war, and the war in our minds requires discipline. Not the discipline of a soldier, but the discipline of a warrior. Not the discipline from the outside to tell us what to do and what not to do, but the discipline to be ourselves. No matter what, the warrior is control, not control over another human, but control over one's own emotions, control over one's own self. It is when we lose control that we repress the emotions, not when we are in control. The big difference between a warrior and a victim is that the victim represses, and the warrior refrains. Victims repress because they are afraid to show the emotions, afraid to say what they want to say. To refrain is not the same thing as repression. To refrain is to hold the emotions and to express them in the right moment, not before, not later. That is why warriors are impeccable. They have complete control over their own emotions and therefore over their own behavior. The initiation of the dead, embracing the angel of death. The final way to attain personal freedom is to prepare ourselves for the initiation of the dead, to take death itself as a teacher. What the angel of death can teach us is how to be truly alive. We become aware that we can die at any moment, we have just the present to be alive. The truth is that we don't know if we are going to die tomorrow, who knows? We have the idea that we have many years in the future, but do we? If we go to the hospital and the doctor tells us that we have one week to live, what are we going to do? As we have said before, we have two choices. One is to suffer because we are going to die, and to tell everyone, poor me, I am going to die, and really create a huge drama. The other choice is to use every moment to be happy, to do what we really enjoy doing. If we only have one week to live, let's enjoy life. Let's be alive. We can say, I'm going to be myself. 
No longer am I going to run my life trying to please other people. No longer am I going to be afraid of what they think about me. What do I care what others think if I am going to die in one week? I'm going to be myself. The angel of death can teach us to live every day as if it is the last day of our lives, as if there may be no tomorrow. We can begin each day by saying, I am awake. I see the sun. I am going to give my gratitude to the sun and to everything and everyone, because I am still alive. One more day to be myself. That is the way I see life. That is what the angel of death taught me. To be completely open. To know that there is nothing to be afraid of. And of course I treat the people I love with love because this may be the last day that I can tell you how much I love you. I don't know if I'm going to see you again. So I don't want to fight with you. What if I had a big fight with you and I told you all those emotional poisons that I have against you and you die tomorrow? Oops. Oh my god. The judge will get me so bad and I will feel so guilty for everything that I told you. I will even feel guilty for not telling you how much I love you. The love that makes me happy is the love that I can share with you. Why do I need to deny that I love you? It is not important if you love me back. I may die tomorrow or you may die tomorrow. What makes me happy now is to let you know how much I love you. You can live your life this way. By doing so, you prepare yourself for the initiation of death. What is going to happen in the initiation of death is that the old dream that you have in your mind is going to die forever. Yes, you are going to have memories of the parasite, of the judge, the victim, and what you used to believe. But the parasite will be dead. That is what is going to die in the initiation of death, the parasite. It is not easy to go for the initiation of death because the judge and the victim will fight with everything they have. They don't want to die. And we feel we are the ones who are going to die. And we are afraid of this death. When we live in the dream of the planet, it is as if we are dead. Whoever survives the initiation of the dead receives the most wonderful gift, the resurrection. To receive the resurrection is to arise from the dead, to be alive, to be ourselves again. The resurrection is to be like a child, to be wild and free, but with a difference. The difference is that we have freedom with wisdom instead of innocence. We are able to break our domestication, become free again, and heal our mind. We surrender to the angel of death, knowing that the parasite will die and we will still be alive with a healthy mind and perfect reason. Then we are free to use our own minds and run our own life. That is what, in the Toltec way, the angel of death teaches us. The angel of death comes to us and says, you see everything that exists here is mine. It is not yours. Your house, your spouse, your children, your car, your career, your money. Everything is mine and I can take it away when I want to. But for now you can use it. If we surrender to the angel of death we will be happy forever and ever. Why? Because the angel of death takes the past away in order to make it possible for life to continue. For every moment that has passed, the angel of death keeps taking the part that is dead and we keep living in the present. The parasite wants us to carry the past with us and that makes it so heavy to be alive. When we try to live in the past, how can we enjoy the present? When we dream of the future, why must we carry the burden of the past? When are we going to live in the present? That is what the angel of death teaches us to do. I want you to forget everything you have learned in your whole life. This is the beginning of a new understanding, a new dream. The dream you are living is your creation. It is your perception of reality that you can change at any time. You have the power to create hell, and you have the power to create heaven. Why not dream a different dream? Why not use your mind, your imagination, and your emotions to dream heaven? Just use your imagination and a tremendous thing will happen. Imagine that you have the ability to see the world with different eyes. Whenever you choose, each time you open your eyes, you see the world around you in a different way. Close your eyes now, and then open them and look outside. What you will see is love coming out of the trees, love coming out of the sky, love coming out of the light. You will perceive love from everything around you. This is the state of bliss. You perceive love directly from everything including yourself and other humans. Even when humans are sad or angry, behind these feelings you can see that they are also sending love, using your imagination and your new eyes of perception. I want you to see yourself living a new life, a new dream, a life where you don't need to justify your existence and you are free to be who you really are. Imagine that you have permission to be happy and to really enjoy your life. Your life is free of conflict with yourself and with others. Imagine living your life without fear of expressing your dreams. You know what you want, what you don't want, and when you want it, you are free to change your life the way you really want to. You are not afraid to ask for 
what you need to say yes or no to anything or anyone. Imagine living your life without the fear of being judged by others. You no longer rule your behavior according to what others may think about you. You are no longer responsible for anyone's opinion. You have no need to control anyone, and no one controls you, either. Imagine living your life without judging others. You can easily forgive others and let go of any judgments that you have. You don't have the need to be right, and you don't need to make anyone else wrong. You respect yourself and everyone else, and they respect you in return. Imagine living without the fear of loving and not being loved. You are no longer afraid to be rejected, and you don't have a need to be accepted. You can say I love you with no shame or justification. You can walk in the world with your heart completely open and not be afraid to be hurt. Imagine living your life without being afraid to take a risk and to explore life. You are not afraid to lose anything. You are not afraid to be alive in the world and you are not afraid to die. Imagine that you love yourself just the way you are. You love your body just the way it is and you love your emotions just the way they are. You know that you are perfect just as you are. The reason I ask you to imagine these things is because they're all entirely possible. You can live in the state of grace, the state of bliss, the dream of heaven. But in order to experience this dream, you must first understand what it is. Only love has the ability to put you in that state of bliss. Being in bliss is like being in love. Being in love is like being in bliss. You are floating in the clouds. You are perceiving love wherever you go. It is entirely possible to live this way all the time. It is possible because others have done it and they are no different from you. They live in bliss because they have changed their agreements and are dreaming a different dream. Once you feel what it means to live in a state of bliss, you will love it. You will know that heaven on earth is truth, that heaven truly exists. Once you know that heaven exists, once you know it is possible to stay there, it's up to you to make the effort to do it. 2000 Years ago, Jesus told us about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of love, but hardly anyone was ready to hear this. They said, what are you talking about? My heart is empty. I don't feel the love that you are talking about. I don't feel the peace that you have. You don't have to do this. Just imagine that his message of love is possible and you will find that it is yours. The world is very beautiful and very wonderful. Life can be very easy when love is your way of life. You can be loving all the time. This is your choice. You may not have a reason to love, but you can love because to love makes you so happy. Love in action only produces happiness. Love will give you inner peace. It will change your perception of everything. You can see everything with the eyes of love. You can be aware that there is love all around you. When you live this way, there is no longer a fog in your mind. The mitote has gone on a permanent vacation. This is what humans have been seeking for centuries. For thousands of years we have been searching for happiness. Happiness is the lost paradise. Humans have worked so hard to reach this point, and this is part of the evolution of the mind. This is the future of humanity. This way of life is possible, and it's in your hands. Moses called it the promised land, Buddha called it nirvana, Jesus called it heaven, and the Toltecs call it a new dream. Unfortunately, your identity is mixed with the dream of the planet. All of your beliefs and agree. Ments are there in the fog. You feel the presence of the parasite and believe it is you. This makes it difficult to let go, to release the parasite and create the space to experience love. You are attached to the judge, attached to the victim. Suffering makes you feel safe because you know it so well, but there is really no reason to suffer. The only reason you suffer is because you choose to suffer. If you look at your life you will find many excuses to suffer, but a good reason to suffer you will not find. The same is true for happiness. The only reason you are happy is because you choose to be happy. Happiness is a choice, and so is suffering. Maybe we cannot escape from the destiny of the human, but we have a choice, to suffer our destiny or to enjoy our destiny, to suffer, or to love and be happy, to live in hell, or to live in heaven, my choice is to live in heaven, what is yours? Please take a moment to close your eyes, open your heart, and feel all the love that comes from your heart, I want you to join with my words in your mind and in your heart, to feel a very strong connection of love, together, we are going to do a very special prayer to experience a communion with our creator, focus your attention on your lungs, as if only your lungs exist, feel the pleasure when your lungs expand to fulfill the biggest need of the human body, to breathe, take a deep breath and feel the air as it fills your lungs, feel how the air is nothing but love, notice the connection between the air and the lungs, a connection of love, expand your lungs with air until your body has 
the need to expel that air, and then exhale, and feel the pleasure again, because when we fulfill any need of the human body, it gives us pleasure, to breathe gives us much pleasure, just to breathe is enough for us to always be happy, to enjoy a life, just to be alive is enough, feel the pleasure to be alive, the pleasure of the feeling of love, prayer for freedom today, creator of the universe, we ask that you come to us and share with us a strong communion of love, we know that your real name is love, that to have a communion with you means to share the same vibration, the same frequency that you are, because you are the only thing that exists in the universe, today, help us to be like you are, to love life, to be life, to be love, help us to love the way you love, with no conditions, no expectations, no obligations, without any judgment, help us to love and accept ourselves without any judgment, because when we judge ourselves, we find ourselves guilty and we need to be punished, help us to love everything you create unconditionally, especially other human beings, especially those who live around us, all our relatives and people whom we try so hard to love, because when we reject them, we reject ourselves, and when we reject ourselves, we reject you, help us to love others just the way they are with no conditions, help us to accept them the way they are, without judgment, because if we judge them, we find them guilty, we blame them, and we have the need to punish them, today, clean our hearts of any emotional poison that we have, free our minds from any judgment so that we can live in complete peace and complete love. Today is a very special day. Today we open our hearts to love again so that we can tell each other I love you, without any fear, and really mean it. Today, we offer ourselves to you. Come to us, use our voices, use our eyes, use our hands, and use our hearts to share ourselves in a communion of love with everyone. Today, Creator, help us to be just like you are. Thank you for everything that we receive this day, especially for the freedom to be who we really are. Amen. Prayer for love we are going to share a beautiful dream together, a dream that you will love to have all of the time. In this dream you are in the middle of a beautiful, warm sunny day. You hear the birds, the wind, and a little river. You walk toward the river. At the edge of the river is an old man in meditation, and you see that out of his head comes a beautiful light of different colors. You try not to bother him, but he notices your presence and opens his eyes. He has the kind of eyes that are full of love and a big smile. You ask him how he is able to radiate all that beautiful light. You ask him if he can teach you to do what he's doing. He replies that many, many years ago he asked the same question of his teacher. The old man begins to tell you his story. My teacher opened his chest and took out his heart, and he took a beautiful flame from his heart. Then he opened my chest, opened my heart and he put that little flame inside it. He put my heart back in my chest, and as soon as my heart was inside me, I felt intense love, because the flame he put in my heart was his own love. That flame grew in my heart and became a big, big fire, a fire that doesn't burn, but purifies everything that it touches, and that fire touched each one of the cells of my body, and the cells of my body loved me back. I became one with my body, but my love grew even more. That fire touched every emotion of my mind, and all the emotions transformed into a strong and intense love, and I loved myself, completely and unconditionally. But the fire kept burning and I had the need to share my love. I decided to put a little piece of my love in every tree, and the trees loved me back, and I became one with the trees, but my love did not stop, it grew more, I put a piece of love in every flower, in the grass, in the earth and they loved me back, and we became one, and my love grew more and more to love every animal in the world, they responded to my love and they loved me back, and we became one, but my love kept growing and growing, I put a piece of my love in every crystal, in every stone in the ground, in the dirt, in the metals, and they loved me back, and I became one with the earth, and then I decided to put my love in the water, in the oceans, in the rivers, in the rain, in the snow, and they loved me back and we became one, and still my love grew more and more, I decided to give my love to the air, to the wind. I felt a strong communion with the earth, with the wind, with the oceans, with Naa. Tua, and my love grew and grew. I turned my head to the sky, to the sun, to the stars, and put a little piece of my love in every star, in the moon, in the sun, and they loved me back, and I became one with the moon and the sun and the stars, and my love kept growing and growing, and I put a little piece of my love in every human, and I became one with the whole of humanity. Wherever I go, whomever I meet, I see myself in their eyes, because I am a part of everything, because I love, and then the old man opens his own chest, takes out his heart with that beautiful flame inside, and he puts that flame in your heart, and now that love is growing inside of you. Now you're one with the wind, with the water, with the stars, 
With all of nature, with all animals, and with all humans, you feel the heat and the light emanating from the flame in your heart. Out of your head shines a beautiful light of different colors. You are radiant with the glow of love and you pray. Thank you, creator of the universe, for the gift of life you have given me. Thank you for giving me everything that I have ever truly needed. Thank you for the opportunity to experience this beautiful body and this wonderful mind. Thank you for living inside me with all your love, with your pure and boundless spirit, with your warm and radiant light. Thank you for using my words, for using my eyes, for using my heart to share your love wherever I go. I love you just the way you are, and because I am your creation, I love myself just the way I am. Help me to keep the love and the peace in my heart and to make that love a new way of life, that I may live in love the rest of my life. Amen. I would like to humbly acknowledge my mother Sarita, who taught me unconditional love, my father Jose Luis, who taught me discipline, my grandfather Leonardo Macias, who gave me the key to unlock the Toltec mysteries, and my sons Miguel, Jose Luis, and Leonardo.